1: consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on patreon even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this
0: content that you enjoy look for a link over at the batmanuniverse.net to offer your support now and now on with the show
2: in the bat cave the evening is through Arrested penguin and mad hatter too. I feel like resting but I can't start. Bruce Wayne has meetings, gotta play the part. It's bat books, it's bat books, -books, it's bat books, bat books -books for beginners. I'm gonna say it again. It's bat books, -books, it's bat books, -books, -books, it's Bat bat books, bat books for beginners. Hello, and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 192. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we are your hosts.
0: On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read.
2: Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is Batman R.I.P., Chris, tell us a little bit about this book.
0: <laughs> thank you very much, Jerry. <laughs> I love me some Linda Ronstadt. Oh, so do I. Excellent job there, as usual, my oh, friend. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Hello, Batfans. Thank you very much for downloading and spending some of your day with us today. Batman R.I.P. is a book that had a few different versions, so you can take your pick. <laughs> there is a 208-page hardcover edition that was published in February 2009 and had a cover price of $24.99 and has gone through subsequent printings. <laughs> And online vendors have this at slightly above cover price. There is a 208-page soft cover trade paperback Hmm. that was published in June 2010, and that had a cover price of $14.99. And that has gone through more than one printing, and online vendors have that at slightly less than cover price. Hmm. And in November 2015, DC Comics released a deluxe hardcover edition that had a cover price of thirty four dollars and ninety nine cents and two hundred and twenty four pages with additional pencil artwork from Tonya Standal. Mm. That version can be found for less than cover price from online vendors. At the time of this recording, the story can be found on Comixology for under ten dollars. Mm. The book collects Batman issue numbers 676 through 683, which were originally cover dated June 2008 through January 2009, Mm -hmm. and each individual issue was cover-priced at $2.99 U.S. If you would like to obtain a copy of the story, going for the online or trade paperback copy would be the way to go. Some of the individual back issues are a bit pricey. Mm -hmm. For our creative teams, and for a bit more background, as per usual, I'll go off my memory and some online resources. Our writer is Grant Morrison. Morrison is 58 years old and a native of Glasgow, Scotland. Morrison broke into comics in the UK, including work on the title 2000 AD. But he quickly got acclaim for his work on the obscure DC title character Animal Man in the late 1980s, which was where I first encountered his work, and which I highly recommend seeking out. He also worked on the Doom Patrol and the graphic novel Arkham Asylum, A Serious House. Mm -hmm. Morrison would later work on All-Star Superman in 2005, which would win an Eisner Award for Best New Series and Best Continuing Series. And again, this is something I would really seek out to read. Mm-hmm. Morrison is the co-creator of the sci-fi series Happy, which stars Christopher Maloney and Pan Oswald. Uh, Jerry, I think the most recent thing I think we have both seen Morrison do was some prose pieces of the new publisher on the block Ahoy Comics and their yes. titles Wrong Earth and High Heaven. Yep. Our penciler is Tony Daniel. Antonio Salvador Daniel, known professionally as Tony Daniel or Tony S. Daniel, is an American comic book writer and artist. He's known for his work on various books for DC Comics, including Teen Titans, Flash, and Batman. Daniel worked on various titles for Image, including his own creation, The Tenth. Daniel's also worked on titles for Marvel Comics. You can find his most recent work in the current issue of Batman at the time of this recording, where Batman is striking down the KGB beast. Mm-hmm. And I should mention that the covers for their respective individual issues were done by Alex Ross. Nelson Alexander Ross is 48 years old, a native of Portland, Oregon. I know his somewhat present base of operations was Chicago, but I can't confirm that now. Alex Ross is known primarily for his painted interiors and covers Mm -hmm. and his design work. He first became known with the 1994 miniseries Marvels, on which he collaborated with writer Kurt Mm Busiak for the Marvel Comics line. He's done a variety of projects for both DC and Marvel, such as the 1996 miniseries Kingdom Come, Mm -hmm. which Ross co-wrote with Mark Wade. Mm -hmm. He's multiple winners of both Eisner and Harvey Awards, and he's worked on several media projects, which would be too long to list here. Most recently, I saw his work on covers of Amazing Spider-Man and they uh, recently started renumbering that title a couple of months back.
2: Okay. And it's Van pin.
0: Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's right. Now, during the genesis of this particular storyline and its linkage to the rest of the run, Morrison noted that, quote, I can tell you this much. This is the first story that I had planned with Peter Tomasi, the yeah. editor at the time, and he asked me to do Batman, which must have been two years ago or longer. And the very first story I noted down was Batman R.A.P. I had a particular image for the cover, which Alex Ross did a bang-zoom, thousand times better version for the second part (laughs) of the story. So it came from there. And out of the notion came the idea of this big overarching story that i've been telling since i first came on to batman Mm -hmm. everything from the Zenorar graffiti the joker pro story the club of heroes every detail that's been in this story for the last couple of years is significant including the clue to the grand design that's unfolding Mm -hmm. later on in an interview for comic book resources grant morrison explained that batman's fate in the story is quote so much better than death people have killed characters in the past but to me that kind of ends the story Mm -hmm. i like to keep twisting and turning So what I'm doing is a fate worse than death that no one would expect to happen to these guys after all. This is the end of Bruce Wayne as Batman. Hmm. Now, this particular story would branch off and cross over in other titles. It wasn't until after Bruce Wayne's return later on in Batman and Robin number 16 that the true meaning of the letters R.I.P. acronym was revealed as actually Rod in Purgatory. Mm. Jerry, I got to tell you, when this story came out, this first issue was something of a big deal. Mm. And unlike some of the past books that we've covered, I distinctly remember where I was when this first issue came out. I rarely travel for business, and I happened to be in Arlington, Texas for a week. And at the end of the workday on Wednesday, I got in my rental car and was trying to tear down an issue of this book. (laughs) I struck out that the first place I went to, where they had no extra copies, beyond their subscribers, but later on, a shorter distance away, I found a copy at a different store, and I got two copies, and it's a good thing I did, because one of the copies, I don't know if you travel with a comic book, it really got banged up, and when I got back to my local bailiwick, uh, my local comic shop somehow misplaced my copy while I was out of town, and I didn't get my book until a week later. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Now, with Grant Morrison, I think it's fair and necessary to provide some background with some of the characters we have in this book that Jerry will mention. As Grant Morrison does integrate a lot of moments and characters from Silver Age Batman stories that some Batman fans may not be familiar with. Some of these stories have been collected and been reprinted in a book called uh, Batman. Batman the Black Casebook. Mm -hmm. We also have a scene where we see the Club of Heroes. Mm -hmm. Those characters, a majority of them, first appeared in Detective Comics number 215, covered in January 1955, in a story titled The Batman of All Nations. Mm -hmm. That Silver Age tale looked at a different hero from different countries. This gets to be a little more darker, and then we also have an organization called the Black Glove. Mm-hmm. That's a criminal organization that appears to be led by Dr. Simon Hurt. Hurt first appeared in Batman number 156, cover dated June 1963, mm-hmm. in a tor- story entitled Robin Dies at Dawn. Now, in that story, Batman hallucinated Robin's death as a result of an isolation experiment. Mm-hmm. The character would be revived by Morrison and named... To Batman number 673, and we go along with that isolation experiment motif and creating other replacement Batman. Mm-hmm. And we also have an appearance of a character called Batmite. Batmite made his first <laughs> appearance in Detective Comics number 267, covered dated May 1959, in a story titled simply, Batman Meets Batmite. <laughs> it's simple. Simple, yes. Written by Bill Finger with art by Sheldon Moldoff. Batmite possesses what appears to be near-infinite magical powers, but he actually utilizes highly advanced technology from the fifth dimension that cannot be understood by humans limited four-dimensional views. Unlike Mr. (laughs) Mixez-Pitalik, Batmite idolizes his superhero target, and thus he has visited Batman on various occasions, often setting up strange events so that he could see his hero in action. Batmite is more of a nuisance than a supervillain, and... Often departs on his own accord upon realizing that he has angered his idol. After periodic appearances, the character would practically vanish when editor Julia Schwartz became editor of the Batman title in 1964. I want to say I first encountered the character Batmite in a reprinted story in the uh, hardcover book Batman from the 30s to the 70s, and later he was a regular character on the 1977 filmation animated series The New Adventures of Batman, mm-hmm. where he was voiced by Lou Shamer. He would also have a huge crush on Batgirl. (laughs) And as a kid at the time, (laughs) I had really hoped for a more serious take on Batman Mm -hmm. on a Saturday morning show, but this is what I had to settle for. Uh, Batman the Animated Series would still be (laughs) at least 15 years away. The first comic book that I would see Batman... and myself was a story called Batmite's New York Adventure. This was from Detective Comics number 482, cover dated February-March 1979, in which Batmite visits the DC Comics offices, and he insists that he be given his own feature in a Batman comic. The story featured protesters with picket signs shouting, We want Batmite, outside the (laughs) Tishman Building, where the DC editorial offices were located at the time. And it was also accompanied by an editorial comment that this story was published specifically to acknowledge that they had actual requests of fans For this character's revival. Mm. Jerry, this was a weird story, and it featured real-life comic professionals uh, Al Milgram and Bob Brazakis, Michael Golden, and editor uh, Jack Harrison, among others. Mm. I think this was just to get him. I don't know if it was also to keep the trademark or things going on there, too. The character would make periodic appearances in media, and he even had a six-issue miniseries in 2015. Mm. A nice resource, as I mentioned, is to have the trade paperback Batman the Black Casebook, and that reprinted many of the old Batman stories that are referenced in Batman R.I.P., Now, over on Amazon.com, this has a rating of 3.7 stars out of 5, based on 186 reviews. And over on Goodreads.com, this has a rating of 3.79 stars Mm. out of 5, based on 11,621 ratings and 489 reviews. But, of course, Mm. there's a but. What do Jerry and I think of this story? And before we get there, I shall (laughs) turn it back over to you,
2: Jerry. Thanks, Chris. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our
1: friends. Hello, I'm Pat Sampson, and I would like to invite you to join me on my podcast, The Longbox Crusade. On this podcast, I'm reading through my 20-plus longboxes that I have stored away in my basement. On each episode, I will select a random issue from my collection and take a very highbrow, thoughtful approach to examining these truly American art forms that help to shape our popular culture. Oh, I like comics, too. Uh, Can I get a comic out of my long box that syncs up with the month and year of the comic from your long box and chat about that too oh oh, and video games can we talk about games or, or maybe james bond too i love james bond <sighs> fine jared Elbrick, aka the yard sale artist we can add some of your comics and enthusiasm to the show it might help get a deeper introspection of did someone say james bond i love james bond and i love comics too I can bring a comic from my long box to sync up with you guys. I also love movies and music, even news stories that tie into the time period that match the comic books we review. Uh, This is what I get for inviting both the Albrecht brothers into my show. Jason, how the heck can we fit all that into my deeply intellectual review of? Well, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's cram it all into one podcast. Join us on the Longbox Crusade, folks. We'll bounce around in time from issue to issue, pulled randomly from my long boxes, and the Albrecht brothers will bring along issues with the same month and year cover date. We'll talk about the comics and the time period they come from, including... World news of that time. Top 40 music chart toppers. Movies, both good and bad. Maybe even some favorite recipes. Whatever I think is funny. We'll
2: probably have to suffer through things that Jared thinks are funny.
1: We'll jam it all into one pop culture extravaganza examining the comics in my long box and the time period surrounding them. Join us for a wild ride through time on the Long Box Crusade podcast as we attempt to read them all. What's in your long box?
2: Welcome back. So here is the story of Batman R.I.P. The Hunchback, or Les Bossus, is the newest member of the secretive supervillain group The Black Glove. It is run by the ruthless Dr. Hurt. Hurt has something special planned called the Dance Macabre. The Black Glove is basically the club of villains, including Hurt, the white-faced Charlie Caligula, the aquatic-suited King Kraken, the clown-mime Pierrot Lunier, Scorpiana, the luchador-masked El Sombrero, and the metal-helmeted Swagman. Quite a crew. Batman and Robin, um, just a reminder, Tim Drake is Robin here, uh, they save a family from being carnapped by a crazy guy in a green vulture suit. Afterwards, a homeless man tells Batman he has a very kind face. The criminals in Gotham are of the variety that the GCPD is equipped to handle, so Bruce has a little bit of downtime to spend with his lady friend Jezebel Jett. Jez knows all about Bruce's Batman stick. Alfred approves of her knowing, but Tim isn't so sure. Tim and Alfred talk about Bruce's time in Nanda Parbat, where he went into the deepest Thogal meditation where you experience death. Tim is afraid that it's messed with Bruce's head. Bruce wants the discipline to fight the Black Glove. Jezebel receives what she thinks is an innocent invitation to a party, the Dance Macabre, sponsored by the Black Glove. Bruce recognizes this invitation as a threat against Jezebel. Batman is on the hunt for the Black Glove, and they are now attacking him. Jezebel wants to go to the party, even though they know it's a trap. Le Basu invites Joker to be a member of the Black Glove to join on their Dance of Death attack of Batman. Now, there's a rumor going around town that Bruce's parents weren't the upstanding citizen they've always been portrayed as being. Thomas Wayne is said to have had mistresses, and Bruce is actually Alfred's son. They claim that Thomas had his wife killed and faked his own death. He may even still be alive. Jezebel, seeing the Batcave, makes Bruce wonder if there's something psychically, mentally unwell about his Batmanning. Jez asks Bruce if maybe he is the Black Glove. This gives rise to an uncomfortable feeling in Bruce's head, and... In the background, someone says the words, Zorin and R. This incapacitates Bruce and sets him into a strange psychic state. Wayne Manor is attacked, and Jez, Bruce, and Alfred are taken prisoner by the Black Glove. Bruce finds himself on the street, saved by the man who said Batman had a kind face. His name is Honor Jackson. Bruce doesn't remember who he is. He, he is a little bit of amnesia there. He and Honor steal some money from some druggies together, drug lords, drug sellers. Honor says he likes Bruce and so gives him a cheap radio wrapped in a red and black check cloth and says that whenever he sees it, he should think of Honor Jackson. Honor tells Bruce to go into Gotham and see one-eyed Lincoln. Bruce asks around for this guy, and when people hear that Honor Jackson told him to find him, they say he's crazy because Honor Jackson died the day before. And it turns out that the place he was sent to was Crime Alley. Dr. Hurt and the Black Glove invade Wayne Manor and move into the Batcave. Bruce is in the rainy streets of Gotham and suddenly transforms into the Batman of Zoran R. A Batman cape, gloves, and cowl, but a robin colored shirt and tights. Batmite, also spelled here might, M-I-G-H-T, he shows up to give Batman some advice. Long story short, Bruce had anticipated someone trying to destroy his mind, so he created a backup personality, the Batman of Zoranar, to get him through tough times. Kind of like starting up Windows in safe mode. (laughs) Batmite is just a bonus. So Batman beats Jezebel's location out of Charlie Caligula, and the location is in Arkham Asylum. The Black Glove captures Dick Grayson, and Dr. Dax is going to perform a lobotomy. The baddies plan for Batman's arrival. They ready black and red roses that emit poison gas when they touch. Jez is tied to a chair behind protective glass on a black and red tiled floor. Dr. Hurt has gotten money from people who want to witness the defeat of Batman. And it turns out that Dr. Dax is really le Joker is on hand and starts killing members of the Black Glove. Batman fights his way inside Arkham. Batmite can't follow him inside, however. Damien, Talia al Ghul, and the League of Assassins have liberated Wayne Manor for Bruce. In Arkham, Bruce fights his way to Jezebel and battles the Joker who taunts him. She is being showered with the black and red petals. When a black petal touches a red petal, the neurotoxin is released. Batman breaks through the glass and reaches Jezebel. He collapses. Joker asks if he understands. Red and black tiles. Red and black roses. Red and black. Batman remembers back to the homeless man and the radio wrapped in red and black cloth. He takes it out and pushes a button, which deactivates Arkham's security system. It turns out Jezebel has been part of Black Love all along, and they were just trying to hit Bruce with one last betrayal so he would break. Their plan is defeated, however, due to Bruce having already figured out Jezebel was a traitor. Greatest detective in the world, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Batman succumbs to the neurotoxin and is buried alive. Dax is getting ready to perform lobotomy on Dick Grayson, but Dick wakes up and stops the operation. Batman escapes his grave and digs himself out. Hurt and Jezebel think they have overwhelmed Bruce, but not even close. There is much fighting. Nightwing joins the fray. Robin brings Knight and Squire and the, the group of heroes, Club of Heroes, along for the fun. Damian, too. Batman goes after Dr. Hurt. Hurt tries to gaslight Bats about his father and his psyche, but that doesn't go according to plan. Uh, Hurt even tries to say that he is Bruce's father. Bruce has deduced that uh, Hurt is, in fact, his father's double, the actor Mangrove Pierce or someone. Not really clear what's going on there. Hurt tries to fly off in a helicopter, but Batman jumps onto it, destabilizes it, and punches it so it crashes into the water. Jezebel Jet escapes custody thanks to diplomatic immunity, but her jet gets attacked by man-bats. Batman chases down the hunchback, too. Bruce remembers the happy time walking out of the movie theater, seeing Zorro, just before his parents were killed. The End. So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for this story after these words from some of our friends.
1: Warlord Worlds, a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell,
0: including Warlord, John Sable, Starslayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell.
1: Warlord Worlds is
0: available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher.
1: Find us at warlordworlds.com.
2: Welcome back. Okay, Chris, what'd you think? (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, let me get let me start with the artwork. I, yeah. Tony Daniel is one of my favorites, and uh, after seeing him on the current issue of Batman, I I really began to appreciate his work and and what I've missed on him in uh, Batman projects. Yeah. He sets up panels with a layout that are really unique. A lot of times we're looking down on action, or we're looking down on a scene as if we're seeing it from the ceiling, mm-hmm. or else we're looking at things straight on. There there doesn't seem to be things with. Uh, angles from a left to a right perspective but more or less from a uh, bottom down to mm-hmm. a straight on shot and i thought that was really cool composition love the artwork yeah grant morrison is a fine fine writer but there were some places where I got a little lost here and mm-hmm. I had to scratch my head and do some recalling with respect to some of these past references. And I had to fear for someone else who might be a less seasoned reader, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but by no means I'm, I'm trying to talk down to anybody, but I, I, right. I think even a, a novice or a seasoned fan uh, would have some difficulty kind of wading through the waters here. Yeah. He does craft the story really well. You get a nice setup with some tension Things getting ominous, bleaker, and the situation becoming more dire and how mm-hmm. that's captured. And with all the language that he uses and the, the way Dr. Hurt is written, we've got a, a great compelling character here in A Nice Villain. Yeah, Outstanding stuff. Jezebel I never liked. <laughs> 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 now you know, you know so why. To, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you. And we, we finally get the reveal on the end with her being uh, involved in these uh, cahoots with the, the Black Glove. Mm-hmm. I, I like the incorporation of Batmite in a more mm-hmm. contemporary setting, if you will. But I, I just fear things for a new reader. So, yeah. Jerry, those were my initial impressions. I was a little all over the board there, so my apologies to you and to the <sighs> listeners out there.
2: Let me bring it to you. What okay.
0: did you think of this?
2: Well, I think we, when you say you know you were all over the place, this story is all over the place. So there's uh, there are there are thing, a lot of things I left out um you know there's a a period of tim being jealous of Damien, and there's been a paternity test but they won't give him the results and batman just doesn't want to deal with this whole thing about tim being jealous at all so there's there's that thing there's uh, in this story every they're playing very fast and loose with who knows bruce's batman so, you know, Jezebel knows he's Batman. It appears that Joker knows now, uh, especially since Jezebel, if she knows and she's really a bad guy with black love, then they all know. And it, it just feels kind of weird that everybody seems to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman and nobody seems to care. It's not a thing. <laughs> uh, you know, is that everybody in the world knows he's Batman? What's going on here? Um, there's some really I, – I, there's some – the way that the art is told in a couple of sequences i think is really funny you know um um Jim Gordon is going to Wayne Manor and there's, he's being let in and there's a single panel as he's being driven in by another cop. There's one panel of Gordon. He asked the cop about his family and the cop says, Oh, you know, my wife with our new kid and boy, Yes. <laughs> you know, the cop is dead. Four panels later, he's dead. And it's just like so um efficiently done and almost with a wink to the, to the reader. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but you know, you really, there, you really are kind of all over the place. There are periods where Bruce is out, you know, on the streets, but then there's also inner, inner cut with, you know, they seem to have Batman in, under their control. It's, it's a little confusing. And even after a couple of reads, I'm still not sure there's a couple of pages or panels that were still confusing to me. Um, lots of different characters, as you pointed out. Uh, you know, new readers, this is going to be really tough. For them to, to, I think, uh, uh, understand maybe all what's going on. But all of that kind of negative stuff being said, I think this is also a compelling story. It is an interesting story. Did you find things in it that um, appeal to you?
0: Yeah, I like to be challenged as a reader. And even an attention for detail that Grant Morrison brings up is Mm -hmm. just little asides and things that are very, very clever. Uh, One of the things that alluded to was a card deck with aces and eights. And When you take the ace for the letter A and 8 as the letter H in the alphabet, you get, you know, ha-ha. So I thought, oh, that was really, really unique, which is an allusion to, like, a Joker and what have you. Mm -hmm. Some clever bits of writing here. Some great characterization. Alfred is in perfect voice. What you see of all the characters are pretty much in a great, great voice. Compelling writing, but uh, one of the things – I had to take a step back because I always had enough – As a kid, I really kind of dug the Batmite character, and he Mm -hmm. is a more contemporary take on this, you know, and I don't know if this might be a new exposure with somebody to the Batmite character, you know, is he's he's this imp and is Mm -hmm. is he going to be evil in a more serious, contemporary, darker look at this? You know, this is this is something a little more sinister, Jerry. I wanted to get your impression on Batmite okay. before I forget. Was this your first pass, at him, And if so, did you have any impressions on this character?
2: Uh, no, I, I read the mini, the recent mini. I've seen him before. He, uh, he shows up periodically. He's been around. He shows up every once in a while. Um, I, I think it's intriguing as to, you know, who Batmite is. And Morrison talks about it a little bit, that this fifth dimension is imagination. Um, so this could be purely a delusion or, uh, something that, um, you know, Bruce, uh, uses to keep himself sane when he's getting a little sketchy. He's a little annoying. It's a little kind of cutesy, but, um, you know, I think in this case, he's used to good effect.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I want I, I think uh, I want to, before I forget in, you wanted to give a shout out to Reggie because we also oh, yeah. wondered about the pronunciation of <laughs> Mxyazpitalik. <M-s-p-t-l-c. laughs> yes. And I, I, you know, and uh, let's see now, what, what was Reggie's take on that? How does he pronounce that? Mxyazpitalik. Yes. And I, I'm probably going to refer to him because I, the guy's yeah. more than earned a PhD, I think in comic history. <laughs> I remember, I think I looked at a guide with my dad and, uh my dad that was one of my dad's favorite characters in Superman reading back in the day. And I remember, you know, I think like they even had like a the Earth 2 version had like the purple suit and the derby. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just like a the three syllable mix book, you know. And then when we got into the uh Silver Age, then it was a mix Yezbidlik, you know. And I think I saw that pronunciation way once upon a time in an old reference book, and it might have been an overstreet price guide from the seventies, I'm not sure. But yeah, I think we've evolved to the price pronunciation that jerry has uh, excuse me reggie has with Ms. like so great great stuff yeah definitely uh, the the zen you are thing uh, i i have to think without any reference notes you mm-hmm. know with any allusions to the past that he's throwing out here that the morrison's done my gosh i just don't know I, I i'd have to think it'd have to be a challenge for a new reader or even a season yeah. reader to get through some of the things but mm-hmm. there are some compelling elements that keep me engrossed and I Mm -hmm. I just wonder if the other readers were compelled to stay with it as I was
2: yeah, I hope so because it is an interesting story. Um, the in particular, the the thing I think w- that w- could be really confusing. So you know, some of these characters, you know, maybe as a as a reader you're going through, maybe you don't know who they are. You know, um, um, knight and squire. You know, well, like what is this? Who are these? Uh, this club of villains? You know, who who are all these people? And but I think you can kind of sit tight and say, okay, he's a bad guy in a helmet. All right, but. When you get to the actual key to this story, which is the um, red and black uh, squares, and having to remember, you know, two issues ago that uh, Honor Jackson gave Bruce a radio wrapped in a red and black kind of kerchief, which you actually don't even see the radio when he hands it to him. Uh, you just see this little little cloth. Um, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like one of those clues that you're just scratching your head. And I I went out because I, I was able to because I had to read it a couple of times for the show. I had a, I, I was able to pick it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the red and black. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I went out to the Internet and that's like all these people are saying, what's that all about? Um, it' Um Really easy to miss. And Joker is saying, do you get it? Do you get it? And he's saying it to Bruce. In a sense, he's really saying it to the to the reader, like you got to go back and reread this book.
0: <laughs> yeah, sir, I had to read this twice, and I think I I picked up on a couple of things that I missed the first time. Yeah, that I didn't remember in my initial read on this way back in the day, but mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I probably still have missed a few yeah. things uh, that are that are Morrison tossed in
2: this. So Joker is actually helping Batman in this case. That's the, and that's what makes it a little complicated to figure out. He's helping Batman turn off Arkham's security system so that they can come and defeat this, these black glove guys. And, um, I'm not sure why. (laughs) I, I, maybe uh, Joker wants to be the one to beat Batman, not these other people. Um, was, did you, what did you take away from that? Did you come away with like a reason that Joker wanted to help?
0: I always just think in the back of my mind that, If Batman's gone, I mean, what's the purpose for Joker's existence at this point? I think he he kind of wants to keep the character around or just give him enough Mm -hmm. leeway when he puts him in a death trap that, in the back of his mind, I think, you know, mentally he thinks of a way that he knows he can escape. And Joker is a little more physical in the sense, and when I say that with with respect to defeat,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think other villains – try to come at batman from a psychological point you know mm-hmm. we're seeing this with bane in the current run of batman sure. we're seeing it here with hurt it's not so much to beat batman physically it's mm-hmm. not so much to unmask him but they really want to break the guy's psyche they really want to beat him mentally yes. you know and that's that's something that you don't really see you know the psychological uh, effect and, and trying to take the toll on this you know which which some of the more craftier villains do yeah. which is really 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 unique and i think at least it'd be unique, but we're here. We're seeing it in the current Batman titles. I don't uh-huh. know how unique it is now, but it's more of a different way to come at the character. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's kind of uh, worth
2: noting. Yeah. Do you, now, do you think Joker was he um, in costume or in disguise as Honor Jackson? I mean, was he is that Joker in this? Do you think, or is that just uh, somebody he used? I think
0: it was somebody he used, but I could be mistaken. I, I just took everything at face value almost because if I tried to dig too deep, you know, I, I, I think I, I'm usually wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so
2: you just so, go with so, it.
0: I just go with it, yeah. yeah.
2: what do you think about this version of the Joker? A uh,
0: little different, a little more of a subdued, yet still has that uh, insanity that I'd mm-hmm. want from the character. Mm-hmm.
2: What, what, what was your take, Jerry? Um, you know, like you said, he's insane here. Um, quiet, but kind of like quietly insane. Um, but he's you know definitely a murderous lunatic in this. He's not like the friendly Cesar Romero Joker who'll get you. But you know, this guy's a like a shark. He's he's a killer for sure. Um, he does a couple of gross things. Uh, he slices his own tongue, which is disgusting. Um, so uh, on the one hand, I think he's he's usually he's a little out of bounds here. What I usually like on the Joker. But it was kind of cool seeing him working with Batman, uh, working together with Batman. So uh, at the end, I was like, ah, you know, that Joker, maybe he's not such a bad guy. Yeah. We mentioned a few
0: characters, and I think uh, I, I heard an audible reaction from you when the Jezebel Jet came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you might have heard one from myself when when, when, you, when you mentioned her. Mm-hmm. Jerry, I take it this is a character neither of us cared for?
2: Um, at least you
0: know, from a romantic standpoint for a love interest for Bruce? Not at all. Even,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's Bruce and Selena and Jezebel yes. Jett. I mean, this actually works out for me because... Yes, same
0: for me too, yes.
2: <laughs> I'm very pleased that she was a bad guy now. Uh, it's actually makes her more interesting than, you know, she's, what she's like, the, the, the ruler of a, of an African nation or something. I mean, I'm not a big fan of her. Um, no, I me either. Me either. It seems random. She's running a country, but she's staying in Gotham with Bruce. I mean, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the point where we get
0: to rate the book – Now, because, Jerry, do you have any more else in your notes that we didn't get out on
2: the table? I I don't, but, you know, I think it's going to be a little uh, counterintuitive. So I think we spent most of this time discussing this story, complaining about this story. (laughs) 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 But, But when I go to a rating, I also really liked it. So, you know, I've been reading Batman, you know, I know that I didn't know every single one of these characters, but I, I knew plenty enough to, to make, you know, make sense of the story. So for me, I would give it uh, uh, four Batarangs. Um, I think it's an imperfect plot. I think it's overly plotted. Um, but I think this intriguing idea about Batman having this backup personality and then the, the way that the Joker is integrated. And I think it's a good crew of bad guys. I think it really feels stakes are very, very high. And it works for me personally. How about yourself? What would you rate this?
0: Jerry, this was weird because when this initially came out, I liked it, then I hated it. Now, mm-hmm. when it came back, I, I, I hated it, then I liked it. So it was, <laughs> it's weird how how time passes and you, you kind of look at things from a different lens after, after some time has passed. Okay. But I'm in agreement with your score. I would okay. rate this four Batarangs out of five. Mm-hmm. Would I recommend it for a... Beginner? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is just too much to dissect here, and I think uh, I I was lost in in a few places. And I think uh, Morrison included some things that uh, even even a regular Batman reader may not pick up on. Mm -hmm. I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. by any means, you know. But this was a complex read, I think, and I I just can't see a, a new reader coming in at this. And if anything, they'd be turned off and more confused. Mm-hmm. This is not a simplistic bad story no. with its spayman versus villain. We've got a lot of pieces on the chessboard, and just too much going on here. Yeah. It is it is well crafted. I will mm-hmm. have to give them that. We've got a cunning villain who puts Batman through the paces with with mm-hmm. with uh, an ending that uh, few stories have gone to before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. But um, I I would recommend this for uh, Batman readers who have not read this. If you've you've read Batman for a few years and you want to take a stab at it, by all means, you will get a role-crafted Batman story. This is nothing I would give to somebody who's just recently got
2: acquainted with a Batman character or the comic books. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I don't think this this is really a must-read. I would not recommend this for beginning readers. um, But... On the other hand, if you want to see kind of some of the more challenging, you know, a little more literary kind of approach to these Batman stories, then, you know, you want something a little more complex. I would say then maybe you should give this a try. Um, I think there's a lot in it, um, and it, it stands up to a couple of different reads. Great. Yeah. Jerry, you know, we got a comment on our last episode by chance. Did you know?
0: What yeah. is it? Okay, so this is regarding episode 191 where we looked at the heart of hush story Mm
2: -hmm. and over
0: on the batman universe website we heard from captain dc yes we did the second episode in a row he said thanks for the review i loved how many different characters appeared in the story Mm -hmm. i'll always appreciate paul denny for not waiting for grant morrison's jezebel jet relationship (laughs) relationship Mm -hmm. to predictably end badly Mm -hmm. catwoman solo stories had just concluded And Denny wanted to really define the Bat-Cat relationship. Even though Selina is put in the vulnerable damsel in distress position for most of the story, the payoff is Bruce verbally confessing his love for her. Mm. And that's what makes it a nice mic drop. Yes. To Jeff Loeb's work on Batman and Ed Braybaker's work on Catwoman, great, great comments. I I can't agree with Captain DC more. I think he nailed it there with uh, Bruce verbally confessing the love. Perfect uh, moment there. And over on Twitter, we heard from good friend Ian Miller, and he is at IBM Miller Mm -hmm. on Twitter, and Ian said, with reference to Heart of Hush, love this story. I actually like it in many ways better than the original Hush, since Gwen is a favorite, and Lee, while gorgeous, feels very samey Mm -hmm. after a while. And Paul Dini's writing is much tighter than Jeff Loeb's. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, we want to thank you all for the comments. We really yeah. appreciate it. And if you'd like to leave a comment, you know, with what Jerry and I discussed, you can do it on Twitter. You may not have a lot of space to do so, but you can either, you know, send me a tweet on uh or direct message at BTO and Bat Books, or Jerry at Professor Frenzy. You'll have a little more space to express your opinion, I think, at the Batman Universe message board. When the episode drops, we have a comments page there, and you're free to leave our comments. So we sincerely appreciate all the feedback we get. You betcha. And speaking of feedback, we got some nice likes and retweets on our past episode. We heard from Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. Chris Hamby at Chris Hamby Films. Coffee and Comics at Coffee Comics Blog. Hey, thank you so much, Clinton. Dustin Fritchell at Bearded Bat Chief. (laughs) Yeah. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast at Sean42AZ. He's the co-host of the Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast and the Nerdy Dads Podcast. DJ R.E. Ray at DJ R.E. Ray. Mm -hmm. Reggie Reggie at Reggie Reggie. He's the co-host of the Cosmic Treadmill Podcast. Laurel at mountainflower One, oh. awesome. Check her out at the Feather and Foes podcast. Cannon Chick at can, chick underscore cannon. Mark Sweeney at Mark Sweeney Junior. Selling Out Show at Selling Out Show. Great oh, podcast co-hosted yeah. by our friend Dave. Alex at ah seven seven eight five. Geeky Bat Gent at geeky underscore mm. Bat Gent. Optimus Prime ninety nine at Optimus Prime ninety nine. Bill Beer at Gotham Night Thirteen. He's the awesome. co-host of the <laughs> Bat Pod podcast, Terrific. and you can find that at Bat Pod on Twitter. Great. Job. And if we overlooked you, my sincerest apologies. Please again uh, let us know on Twitter. I'm at B2 and Bet and Jerry at Professor Frenzy, and we'll be sure to mention you on our next episode.
2: Yes, we will. Thank you, everyone. Now um, we did want to kind of mention we had a loss in the comic book bet that family community um, this week. Uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about Norm Brayfogle.
0: Yeah, Norm Brayfogle was a very, very talented artist on mm-hmm. both uh, Batman and Detective Comics titles. Of all places, he first found – you could find his artwork in 1977. He submitted a design for Robin's costume. Oh. And one of those submissions was published in The Batman Family number 13. And fast forward 10 years later, he's drawing Batman in Detective Comics, and later he would work on the title Batman – Jerry, it was so weird from my perspective because when I came at Batman, I had artists that were more or less already established. Uh, mm-hmm. Irv Novick was a longtime artist. By the time I first was looking at Batman comics, Jim Aparo was a very longtime artist, and mm-hmm. he was that. I didn't get to see a new kid on the block until Marshall Rogers took mm-hmm. a, took a stab at Batman and Detective Comics, but he came and went fairly fast. And we had Don Newton there for a while, but then here's this kid, Bray (laughs) and boy, oh boy, when he started, I thought he was a little crude, but he kind of, within a couple months, really, really got his groove on. Mm -hmm. He he really drew a dynamic cape, he did facial expressions, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. got to see an anger Batman with a clenched fist, Mm -hmm. this guy had it nailed down. And this was at a time, too, he was already... Planning his roots right when that 89 Batman movie came out and you had a bunch of new fans, this was their Batman. Mm-hmm.
2: And wow, what a remarkable talent he was. Yeah, and you know, the thing for me when I look at his work, he, he's like a bridge between that kind of classical, kind of the, the Neil Adams kind of depiction of Batman, that kind of artwork, and the more modern, you know, post-image kind of, um, kind of work. He was kind of the bridge. I can see both both approaches in his work and he's very transitional i think in kind of the batman artist uh, universe
0: that's a good point yeah
2: i I think you really
0: have a point there unfortunately bray Fogel suffered a stroke back in uh, december 2014 and i hadn't been on you know twitter that long or very much of social media but i knew mm-hmm. some bat fans that were and he did strike up a few relationships with them and he mm-hmm. he couldn't have been kinder from what i've been mm-hmm. told and unfortunately that stroke really uh, caused paralysis on his left side and he was left-handed mm-hmm. and uh, such a tremendous loss uh, yeah. to 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 the community and to those he touched he was only 58 years old uh, young man that's uh, we lost him too soon very much so yeah uh Moving along, mm-hmm. I, I do want to say, you know, I we recommend a lot of trade paperbacks that have been out for a while, mm-hmm. but I want to mention Batman White Knight, mm-hmm. uh, that was a miniseries. It just got collected in trade and it was uh, released this past week. Mm-hmm. It's priced at nineteen ninety nine. It was written and drawn by Sean Murphy. This is something I would recommend as a as a great story and a must read. A little hard to get to the premise a little bit. Uh, Joker says he's sane by cure of medication, mm-hmm. is he? And is it the Batman that's causing all the damage in Gotham City? This was a very compelling and interesting read, and I would give it a great recommendation. Again, that's Batman White Knight. It's under the black label imprint, but initially when it came out, I don't think it was DC black label with the no. individual issues. I think there's a sequel in the works. It's going to come out next year. And again, that's Batman
2: White Knight. Really liked it. Fantastic. I enjoyed what I read of it, too. i it's one of those that I was getting and I decided I was going to read it all at once once it was all. And published. that's what I would
0: recommend because yeah. going going month to month, I, I would get a loss. This is something to be read uh, in its entirety
2: in one sitting. If you can do that, that's the way to go. Fantastic. So, Chris, um, you know, how can people get in touch with you, particularly out on Twitter? Well, thanks. I'm at BTU on Bat Books.
0: Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the shout out. And, yeah. you know, I'm also having some fun uh, – doing stuff on uh, the Professor Frenzy, Frenzy podcast along with you. <laughs> yep. And I'm also having some fun on the Batgirl, to Oracle podcast, where yes. I'm reviewing the Batman Adventures title and Archie Meets Batman 66. Mm-hmm. And I look at Nightwing from a <laughs> shipper perspective with the current yes. goings on there. But with current goings on Nightwing, well, you'll just have to listen to the show. I'm sure the Nightwing fans <laughs> know what's happening with Nightwing. Yep, <laughs> It's not very nice. But, yeah, <laughs> But uh, it's interesting. Hey, but at least uh, we do, we do get some interaction. With the Barbara Gordon character Absolutely. now, Jerry, uh, mm-hmm. can I ask where can
2: people find you on Twitter, and what are what else are you doing with respect to the BatmanUniverse.net? Well, you can find me out on Twitter at Professor Frenzy, and on the BatmanUniverse.net, I review uh, do written reviews for Batgirl and Catwoman, two very good books that are coming out right now. Uh, Catwoman with uh, uh, Joelle Jones and Batgirl. You know, I, I had no expectations of of Batgirl being really good, and boy, oh boy, is it good! So, I highly recommend folks check uh, check both of those books out, and check out my reviews if you want a little bit of an insight into them.
0: I got to absolutely concur. Jerry, yeah, you're doing a fantastic cool. job with those written reviews. And I really love to hear your take on them and get to see them in prose form. Great yeah. stuff.
2: Oh, thank you very much. I also, on Twitter, at Professor Frenzy, I tweet my weekly comics. Uh, we talk about indie comics a whole lot, obviously. So, um, you know, Chris and I both do the show, uh, the Professor Frenzy Show. And, uh, gosh, by the time this episode is aired, I think it's 23 episodes of that show, and Chris and I talk about indie comics and other pop culture topics, and it's been just a lot of fun. So check the show out. Search on iTunes for The Professor Frenzy Show and see what more Chris and I are up to. Cool. Great. So I guess that's all we have for today. So please join us next time when Chris and I will continue our coverage of Batman R.I.P., My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. Thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. In the Bat Cave, the evening is through. Arrested Penguin and Mad Hatter, too. I feel like rustin' but I can't start Bruce Wayne has meetings gotta play the part It's bad books, it's bad books, -books, it's bad books, bad books for beginners I'm gonna say it again It's bad books, it's bad books, it's bad books, -books, -books, bad books for beginners